hey. Hey, London. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, London. <laughs> Say hi. Nice to meet you. London. What's your guys' podcast about the next one? We have uh, one recording today, which is about holidays. Holiday traditions. Good night. Love, Love you. Sleep well. Anders, come here. Well, Anderson has asked me to show you his ugly sweater he just drew. Cool. What is it? I don't know. Yep. Oh, that is good. No, it, I can't show it. There we there go. It is. Okay. is it an ugly snowman that's brown? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a stack of donuts. Kind of does. <laughs> yeah, then those are supposed to be fire and rocks. Fire and rocks. He put some... Uh, marshmallows and cornflakes or something stuck on there nah, you can't see them all right go to bed dude Love awesome you. bye anderson <laughs> well let's kick this thing off let's get it going we've got cool. lots of fun stuff to talk about oh definitely yeah. definitely welcome welcome to uh should be common knowledge i'm um, definitely uh excited to get more episodes out to you all and have good fun conversations uh, we're excited about this one um i'm jonathan and i'm, I'm here Luke. with my my cohorts I'm JP. Luke. Luke and JP in the house. Yes. <laughs> Luke's just laughing. You know, we just cut each other off so much, you know. So, oh my God. It's so excited good. to get a word in, right? Um, yep. Yeah. So we're here. Like Lucas said, you know, we just love to talk and you just love to listen. I like that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> we do love to talk. We do love to talk. And hopefully there's someone out there listening. So. I think that's our new logo. <laughs> Our slogan. <laughs> Someone's listening. No, it's like we, love we to like talk to talk. And you love to listen. <laughs> That's good. I like that. It's a good slogan. I like it. Um, Catchphrase. What do we talk about? Well, Whoa. tune in and find out. You'll see. It's different every week. <laughs> Tell us what you want to hear about for sure. Uh, and then, and on that note, just a just a little shout out to our website. Make sure you're checking it out. SBCKpodcast.com. You can read about each episode there. You can also leave comments there. You can also find us on the socials uh, such as Instagram, et cetera, Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear feedback about what we're talking about. Join the conversation. Send us your experiences or things you would like to hear us talk about as well. Definitely give us a shout out and then tell your friends. We'd love to get the word out and then also have that conversation ongoing there as well. So again, uh, sbckpodcast.com. We're also streaming everywhere, basically. Just look for Should Be Common Knowledge in any of your favorite streaming apps. You can find us pretty easily. You can't escape um, us. We're everywhere. <laughs> we are everywhere. Now, uh, recently on Pandora and iHeartRadio and Spotify. So we're definitely all across the board on places wherever you get your, your favorite podcasts from, all your content. Check us out. So we're excited to have you here today. We're going to be talking about a, a couple of great topics, of course. Um, and as we usually do, we turn it over to our first um, segment, which is tonight will be uh, JP leading us in our person, place, or thing. So basically, this is something that he's chosen, or as we rotate through this topic, we all choose one each time. The rest of us don't know what it is, and he's going to surprise us with the topic, and we'll figure out what it is. So it's our person, place, or thing. So take it away, JP. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I am lucky enough to get the person, place, or thing this week, but I am, before I get to it, I, I've got a little follow-up on last week's our last episode where I may have mentioned that I've, I got the uh, book Surrender, 40 Songs by Bono. Nice. If you are looking for a Christmas gift, 
which didn't make it in the episode, by the way. But you should oh, it didn't make it, it in the episode. Okay, so I'm going to bring this up. Okay, uh, this book, guy can write. This has been so much fun to read, and and here's what I'm going to recommend. I want to support Bono, so I'm just going to buy the book anyway. But we were driving to California last week, and I wanted to stay awake, and so switched over to my app, and I listened to the audiobook. The audiobook is the way to go. Bono narrates it, interlaced with the music, and he plays, picks up the guitar, so you get the audio experience with it. And so if he talks about a song, it plays in the background, and he'll talk about different parts of the song and seeing little riffs. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to go back and even continue reading the book just because the audio book is so fantastic because it's a multi-sensory experience. The book with the, the sound and the music interlaid over it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. So there's my quick little plug. So uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, he writes some fantastic lyrics. I mean, is man, I just go read it. it. It's fantastic. I can't say enough great things about it. Love it. There's my plug. That's my spiel. All right. Let me get to our person, place, or thing, uh, which is right in line and kind of a segue for our topic for the day, which, you know, I, I'm going to spill the beans. We're going to talk about the holidays. Okay. We are going to talk about holiday traditions, not necessarily just Christmas, but holiday traditions in general. Uh, Yes, it, Christmas is the season. <laughs> Christmas is going to be a definite part of this because yes, that is our tradition. But you know, what are yours and what do you do with your family in the holidays? So we are right off of coming off of Thanksgiving. So another opportunity, some great family traditions there. But my person, place, or thing, which is my segue into this subject, it is a thing. Okay. Not a person or a place. It is a thing and it is a cookie. Okay. Um, a German cookie, as opposed to, um, you know, the typical German cookies you can get in the local German markets, you know, a Pfeffernus or something like that. This one is the Springerly cookie. Luke, do you know what a Springerly is? No, I do not know what a Springerly is. I know. It's like, I was thinking Leibkuchen as well. No, um, not Leibkuchen, uh, not uh, Pfeffernus. Uh, Springerly, Jonathan, I know you've had these as a child. I know you've had them, okay? So a Springerly cookie, it is a Bavarian cookie. It's an anise-flavored cookie, okay? But it yep, kind of- I've had them. I just Googled it. Yep, okay. Yeah, I'm going to put a link in I here. I didn't know the name. I didn't so, know the name. Uh, oh, yes. It, uh, there we go. There's a link for you, Luke, so you can see what they look like. So it's kind of a consistency of a, a drier cookie, sugar cookie, but almost like a biscuit a little kind of like uh, a shortbread, but not the same, flavor. but not as dense and fatty as a shortbread as far as like that. I've had these. Okay. 100%. And, and what's so great about these is they are, what you do is you press them with a mold, either a rolling pin or press them into a wood block. That's been carved with an image or picture, or um, we have growing up. Uh, I wonder if you remember this, Jonathan, it's a metal block on wood with, yep. with a dozen little scenes. Um, you know, a bread maker, a butcher, the beekeeper, the beer guy. Yeah, like it's all, like a grid. Little, with, your grid it's like you, a metal stamp uh, like, for the dough. And you smash yep. the dough on it. And then what you do is once you peel it off, you let them dry before baking. So what it does is it holds and maintains the image. So there's, you know, these pastoral scenes on these cookies 
And the anise flavor is just very unique. It kind of has that licorice flavor. Anise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So really fantastic cookies, but they're just, uh, I've never seen them for purchase anywhere. I've never been able to, I've never gone to a German market and seen Springerly cookies available to buy by the bag. But it's something JP sent that, out a link with the recipe. We'll post that on our socials yep, and the, absolutely. with the episode. And they have a picture there of a rolling pin that has the images engraved on it. So as you roll the dough flat, you're pressing like the grid pattern with the images. Yep. And it's a pretty simple recipe. I've made it before. Um, a lot of fun. Um, but really it comes from, uh, the spring early in German dialect means little knight or jumping horse. Okay. So like I said, they maybe in the past had like little pictures of knights or horses on them, but really it comes from the Yule Fest uh, ceremonies from pagan Germany. And the wealthy would make an offering of an animal or their crops for the year, but the poor couldn't afford to sacrifice an animal just to make this offering. So the Springerly cookie was stamped with that image of the animal. And then they offer up the cookie instead as their offering as part of the ritual. So really cool. And they've just become part of the whole Christmas tradition. So it's a very unique cookie, interesting texture too, because, because it dries before you bake it. It just has this, it, it's almost like a biscuit, like a drier biscuit, but the flavor is very unique with the anise. So that is, that's my, that's my thing. So You've never had a fluke or you think you have? No? No, I have had have had these. You have? Yes. Okay. Once you know what, what you're looking at, then you're like, wait a minute. Because I, I, I would be shocked if this has not worked its way into the Netherlands somewhat. You know, I mean, being so close to well, Germany. Well, you're very close. Um, you know. It's funny. I'm just reading this site that you sent. It says they're also used to celebrate births, weddings, and used as betrothal tokens. So, hey, you want to get married? Here's a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Had I known. Had I known. Oh, Kim and, probably would have been happy with the cookie. That What you just said about the, the molds, mm -hmm. we have those too. We make a, a different kind of cookie that's also seasonal too. Like December, it's more of a uh, spiced cookie. So there's cinnamon, cardamom, those kind of spices in there. Mm-hmm. It's called speculas. Oh, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm -hmm. They yep. make them with that as well, that I know mm -hmm. for sure. And we have something very similar to the Springerle in uh, Holland, and that's called Tai Tai. Tai Tai, what's that like? Yeah, I'll, I'll post a picture so you guys can see at least, but definitely look it up. We'll post it on the socials as well. That's also made out of a mold, kind of similar, but they are baked. And they're called Thai Thai, which means like tough. Uh -huh. uh, they're not really tough, but they're a little thicker than mm -hmm. a marshmallow, like a more dense, like cookie-like, but it's sort of like a marshmallow texture. Like you could squeeze it in like a cushion. Like chewy. I would, uh, and I would think into... it's pretty similar really to the Springerly. That's how I would describe the Springerly. You just did it better than me. Mm -hmm. This but looks yeah. really tasty. The one he just sent out, usually in the shape of like, oh. like a soldier or something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can see that the browning, they put like egg. I think they put egg on it. Like an egg wash. Mold. And then oh, when cool. they squeeze it, it stays on there. So when it bakes, it breaks brown. But they're really nice. It's a tradition. Early December, that's when you get them. I assume you also have the windmill cookies as well they have in Germany. I'm sure they come from Holland as well. Yeah, that's the ones that are more speculas. You the can speculas find those here. windmill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, with the almond. Yes, mm -hmm. that's really nice. 
on some of the spring early sites I was looking up, they did have the windmill and they said also used with the speculus dough. So cool. Yeah. Look at us going straight to the food. Yes, of course. That's what we do. (laughs) I mean, you know, so, I mean, maybe that's our jumping point. That is our segue then to the holiday traditions. What better way to start it off with food? I mean, (laughs) talking about cookies a great person place or thing to kick us off though definitely so you know we'll be talking about the holidays today so not just thanksgiving but everything from there to new year's and in between there's a lot of traditions a lot of food a lot of culture a lot of things that we we talk about so i don't know who wants to kick us off i'll kick us off because i wanted to get back to what jp was saying uh german cookies every year with christmas every time i go home or i make it home around the holidays Luckily, this year I get to go home for the first time in four years to go uh, have Christmas with my family. And my aunt buys German cookies every year for every one of us. And they're special. They're regional cookies, too. Uh, They're from Aachen, which is a, a city on the west side of Germany, close to the Dutch border. And um, I, I can't even describe the flavor. I think that a nicey is coming into it as well. Like that flavor, but the cinnamon's coming in there. And these things are called printen, like printing press. Uh, printen from Aachen. Every year I get these. So every time I have these, they come in two or three different varieties. There's a normal one that looks like the springerly. And then there's a chocolate one, chocolate covered, and they're like the best ever. Uh, that's always something whenever I see them or, or hear about them, it makes me think of Christmas markets in Germany, makes me think about Christmas with my family. It's just there's so many memories linked to that. Uh, just that simple one cookie. And I've been to the store where they started in like the 1700s. And still in the back, they have like their presses going and they they bake them right then and there for you. And freshest, they're the best ever. I don't so think we really uh, had the... Oh my goodness. And I am I'm I found a little site here I'm looking at too. That, uh... Kind of long rectangle cookie with, I'm sure, yes. different flavors, but or sometimes they're dipped in chocolate or not. Looks pretty amazing. Oh my goodness. I, you know, typically I think a lot of the, the German cookies, like, you know, the typical Pfeffernusa, the little mm-hmm. white round, um, uh, where you have like the, the Leibkuchen, like they sell those in the markets with like the heart shape or whatever, with the frosting with your name on it or whatever, where they, and they sell them kind of an or like an ornament, or you can take them home and eat them. Big cookies have those at the markets. Love the markets. Maybe we you can explore the- find those. Uh, here I found them at uh, Leibkuchen at uh, Trader Joe's. They sell. Oh, them. nice! Oh, nice! I have to go there. They always have some great stuff. Um, they do. Yep. So we'll put a, a link to this. Um, yes, it's called an Aachener Printen. A A C H E N E R. And wow, these look phenomenal. And they're made with brown rock sugar. So it looks like rocks, and they're like big crystals of brown sugar, large crystals. You grind them up. Um, and then I'm also reading the, the best part is you have to make your own homemade candied orange peel. The orange peel goes in there as well. Mm. Um, Ooh, that sounds good. I mean, just looking at these. Uh, Definitely sounds like a spice and, cookie. Yep, with flavor, oh, you yeah, know, there's like a spice the... blend that goes in there. The molasses. Oh, wow. And it's just this thick granular cookie. Just, oh, this looks fantastic. And then it's <laughs> at the end, it says, which 
Which way, do, how do you do it? Beet syrup, corn yeah. syrup, molasses, or golden syrup? What's the best to coat it with? And apparently <laughs> chocolate as well. So it looks pretty amazing. It's funny how every culture kind of has their, well, in Europe, there's like a, some sort of Christmas like spice type cookie. Sweden, they've got the pepper which is like, it's kind of like Lebkuchen, but it's a little more spicy, but I don't know. It's their own version of gingerbread, you know? Um, mm-hmm. We do gingerbread houses and things here, but it's not quite the same as what you have over there, but everyone has their they're a good thing to dip in hot chocolate or in their mold, whatever for Christmas, you know, um, super good. I'll have to try those. I don't, I don't really know. If, do they, have you found the prints in here? No, I haven't, but I'm going. So I'll get a couple bags. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Perfect. Bring some bring, home. Bring some home. Bring some home. I'm, I'm going to have to I try will. to make this, this, this could be fun, but yeah, I, and I love it. Cause I think, uh, part of our tradition was kind of the same thing. Uh, I remember as a child with my gr- German grandmother, um, her, her sister, who still lived in Germany, would buy bags of German chocolate and cookies, you know, the Pfeffernus and all, all, all the things. And she would put them in a big box and ship them to the States every year. Uh, so I remember like Christmas season really began when that box arrived because we'd go to grandma's house and, we, you know, we'd be, visit uh, her home, you know, multiple times leading up to Christmas Eve and Christmas. But there was always this plethora of these German cookies and chocolates that always came fresh from Germany. Um, you know, and back then it was harder to, you know, we do have a German market uh, where we grew up. It wasn't a huge selection when we were kids, uh, but we would have those, those tastes and those smells. And that's really what kind of fires it off that that's the Christmas season. And I kind of need those things to just take me back and just say, Oh, my goodness, there, there's the smells, that's the taste. And uh, I tie that in with music as well. So, and my poor children and my wife just get bombarded by my childhood. And I don't even give them an <laughs> opportunity to forge their own memories because I'm like, you will enjoy this. This is what you will eat. This is what you will hear. And this is what you will smell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And now, and now uh, Uncle Jonathan brings the big load of uh, goodies from Cost Plus World Market. I go get the German cookies and the Stollen. Um, that, you know, if you've had Stollen, it's that loaf of bread. Well, it's like a, how to describe it it's 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 coated it's in powder it's kind of but <laughs> borderline it's borderline fruitcake but it's more bready <laughs> it's more like actual bread you could eat it with butter but it's got a center of marzipan yes and then it's the whole thing is rolled in a heavy ca- coating of powdered sugar and it's a small loaf like that's like half folded over and that's they have different flavors but i like the stolen and i feel it's only safe to eat over the sink because the powdered sugar just goes it's everywhere, just everywhere, but it's so, so good. <laughs> you can't take it into the living room and eat or just draining oh, yeah. this powdered sugar everywhere you go. Um, but it is borderline a fruitcake. Um, it's more bread than the dense. It's not like that gross. Like, but the mossy pond like, saves it. Gelatin, it puts like... it over the, the uh, oh yeah, it's, over it's the good stuff. Edge, you know. And the other thing is the um, always got to have. We'd always have the mossy pond. Just it had the little pig or the little fruit like hand painted and edible like paint like the different shapes of marzipan um, or just the bar with like chocolate coated um if you've had like the the the, the mozart balls what are those uh, mozart kugeln they're like the oh those are good dark chocolate with the marzipan in the middle like oh there's like layers of stuff in there that's super tasty 
Um, if you can find those, they are really good. Love that stuff. Oh my gosh. So, um, that's so good. Oh, so, yeah. so you've to, had those, I assume. <laughs> yes. So, so in addition to foods and treats that um, kind of kick off the season, let's talk about, I think this is a pillar of the season, is the music you listen to. When is too early to start? And what do you guys listen to? I, I have to pitch in here. I'm sorry. Um, it was actually <laughs> part of my next thing. I just Googled it as well. Uh, so as a holiday tradition, in Holland, we have the top 2000 from December 25th. So on Christmas Eve, it starts and they do 2000 hits uh, and you get the vote every year on which ones are, are going to be the, the is it one. Christmas music hits or any hits, any hits. And it's the, <laughs> the same, it. basically the same top 10 every time. So and then they end on New Year's Eve at 12 o'clock. So that's, oh, that's awesome. Talk. So, and they do that every year. And it's so funny. I was just looking into it uh, before the Mozart balls and they have the uh, same top 10 basically every year. So number one, the number one song has been, I think for 25 times over 25 years in a row, almost queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Then there's the Eagles hotel, California, deep purple child in time. Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, and Meatloaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. That's basically <laughs> the top five every year. <laughs> Who votes these in? Is it, is it almost tradition that you can't vote any other way? Because it just no, wouldn't be the same? You can like, definitely like look it up. There, there might be sometimes like they have some different song be number one, but it's like Bohemian Rhapsody, Eagles, Led Zeppelin. Sometimes it's Billy Joel, Piano Man in there, but... For years and years, basically, that's the same top five. And it's just awesome. It just reminds me every time I hear those songs, reminds me of growing up Christmas and then listening to the radio all day long, reading a book or something, but having the radio blaring out all the time, every day (laughs) between Christmas and New Year's. That's kind of like the UK Christmas number one. It's always a big deal every year. Whatever is the number one song the week of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a Christmas thing one, and sometimes it's not. I know the Beatles have had a Christmas number one, and you know you see it in some movies and stuff about like what's the number one song during Christmas. Um, it's funny how music is a big part of it for sure, and that's not necessarily like Christmas music, but with the you know what's too early. I think there's definitely a too early for Christmas music for sure. Um, before Thanksgiving, I think is too early. Um, that that's exactly the cutoff point. I, I turned the radio on <laughs> like the day after Thanksgiving and it's like on repeat, like Christmas songs. But I noticed this year, like the, the grocery stores in the U S had the, even the night of Halloween, the Christmas candy and stuff came out, you know, things they were selling. I was like, wow. And then, oh yeah. Music came pretty quick there after that. Yep. But too early. They just skip over Thanksgiving and everything. It's like a month. I've been tra- too early traditionally one to hey one one at a time get through the holiday then start the next this year i don't know why i I just maybe the kids are in age i didn't care you know put the tree up a few days before thanksgiving turn on the music start doing it whatever who cares uh but i used to be very traditional as far as hey tree shouldn't go up before a certain point you know don't listen to christmas music but you know what i love it who cares do it whenever that's like our parents started doing that as well. They would just set up the, the, cause they liked the, it was getting darker at night. So they liked the light and the look of the tree. 
and they'd have like, you know, the fake tree. So it doesn't matter. And they just put it up and they just put the lights on and maybe uh, a few ribbons or something, but they don't decorate it with the Christmas ornaments yet, but they have it in the living room for Thanksgiving. And my mom always does it with some like Thanksgiving kind of color bow. And then they change it for Christmas after that, but they just wanted to enjoy the atmosphere of it, which is so different from when my dad was a kid in Germany, where you didn't even see the tree until Christmas Eve. You know, that was when it would appear in the house which now we definitely enjoy it a lot longer, but yeah, I watched Christmas story with my kids last night. Uh, and oh, yeah, in it's Christmas a great story, you know, you'll shoot your eye out. Uh, <laughs> the kids were like, wait, what are they doing? They're putting the tree up and it was Christmas Eve. And they're like, why are they doing that? Uh, I'm like, no, that's kind of traditionally the trees didn't go up till Christmas Eve, but now, yep. Hey, let's, let's roll with it all month. I'm all about it. Love it. Why not it. get the tunes going, get the lights on. In our family, one tradition, we've got a, uh, a tip of, my dad always had all these vinyls with uh, Christmas music. And there's one we always listen to when we're putting a tree up. JP can intro that. He's got it. He even made oh. us all digital copies of it. You, I think you I might have need a vinyl. to like, see if you can even play this over the podcast. I don't know, but we need to, <laughs> we need to make an SBCK podcast, Spotify playlist. Oh, we, we should put our Christmas lists on there and add them all, all of our songs on there because it is a very, for us. I know for you and I, a very specific set of albums uh, that dad had on the vinyl. And it is not Christmas until those are going. We can so, definitely set that. The one up, I'm thinking sure. you're thinking of is the, this is going to sound random, the Rita Ford <laughs> Music Box Christmas. Yeah, right? that's the Some one. random lady who collected German music boxes and made an album with it. And it's an <laughs> old album. Uh, you can find it on Spotify. Definitely there. Um, and that has to be playing when the tree is going up. That that's yeah. so fun. It is it's bizarre, and that it sets is the mood so perfectly. It's so great. But but on, on top of that, then so if we're talking about you know setting up that tree, so it has to be the tree needs to go up, and that you know we don't even have to get into the specifics of how the tree has to be set up because you've got to do things in a particular order. Um, but you've got to have uh, that album playing. Um, as well as getting out the German smokers, uh, the little men that smoke with the little incense. I wondered if I was, I was, I was, I had a suspicion you were going to do that as your person, place, or thing, the German no, smokers. But, but, but Luke, those, do you know what those are? Not a clue. Okay. So it, it looks like a little nutcracker. Looks like um, a little man. And they break oh, in half. Like you wow. lift the, the top off, the top half comes off, and you put, um, they have little German incense cones. Uh, I mean, they're a little pine tree smell, Christmas night smell, uh, winter forest smell. That is so cool. And you light it and the little smokers, like they all have little pipes and the smoke comes out of their, their mouth and uh, makes little smoke rings going up. So, so you've got the music. So we've got something we can hear. You've got the smell. Um, then you've got the cookies. Now you can put up the tree. That's the order. And, and what's crazy is how specific these memories are or these traditions that you want to keep it going. And it is so hard for me to vary, you know, and I want to get my kids to make their own traditions, but uh, you know, I'm a kid at heart as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I am becoming more flexible, but I mean, in my heart of hearts, Mariah Carey would never come on the radio while we're setting up the tree, <laughs> but I will admit she makes an appearance, you know, um, because she is Miss Christmas too. So I don't know. I love it. It's, it's just all about that and having the taste, the smells, the sounds, all the things. That's what that whole season's all about. 
it's so fun that you said that it really segues into what I was thinking. There's always a single song that when I hear it, that's when I know it's Christmas. Like it, if mm-hmm. you just hear it and it's like, yep, that's it. Now we can have Christmas. Now, now we're good to go. And mine is, I don't know if you guys know it actually. Do you not, guys know Chris Rhea? I nope. don't, not off the top of my head. Driving Home from Christmas. That's the song. It is so quintessential for me to hear that song. That is like, if I hear that, then bring on the glue wine, bring on the ice skates, <laughs> let's go skating and let's go to the ice ring and, you know, have some, have a good time. And yeah. We'll put it on the Spotify music playlist for for the podcast for sure cozy um, up inside next to the tree that's kind of like <laughs> oh i know the song i know that song yes don't quit so the day quit jobs, guys. <laughs> oh i know that song <laughs> i know it oh it's good it's good now music really sets a tone that's for sure like i love it on we have nephews who grew up singing in choirs and so we'd go to like um, they do the Christmas Eve mass in the big Catholic uh, cathedral downtown in Salt Lake City. So we'd go down there at midnight and hear the music. And it just like really puts you in the mood. Pretty awesome stuff. You got to have the food. You got to have the music. What else are we missing? Maybe what do you guys do for your Christmas food? Because Christmas I know that dinner. varies. It, Christmas dinner, dinners Christmas and when do you Christmas have Day. it? Like, it's very different in America because, yes, yeah, some people here do it on Christmas Day, which is a little foreign to our family. Uh, we do it Christmas Eve. It's kind of the German mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. But people here do it. Then they basically do. So people do like a repeat of Thanksgiving with the turkey. and Which blows my mind. Yeah, it took me into my adulthood to realize that a lot of my friends all do turkey and potatoes and the whole Thanksgiving meal over again on Christmas day. I, that was new to me. And I'm like, wait, you do Thanksgiving again? They're like, yeah, that's what we do. Um, that was new to me uh, because that's just completely foreign to me. And, Some people uh, would do a ham, mix it up yeah, with a ham but, or. But it still but has like all the, the same meal. trimmings and all the, all the things, you know? So I don't know. That was new to me. And, and <laughs> it just didn't occur to me that, you know, our family tradition, and we, I'm sure you might bring this up, Jonathan, is oddly non-American. So that's very, not even German. It's also, well, the timing of it is German, but the meal is not. Yeah. <laughs> So, but what, what would you do, Luke? Uh, what would, what does your family traditionally do? It's a big do? thing. It's a big thing. Every year, uh, we do Christmas at someone else's place. We rotate all of us and the person organizing is cooking. And in Holland, it's such a tradition to cook and to go all out, bring out your oat cuisine, chef skills, your knife skills, show us off with some shrimp cocktails and stuff like that and it really is like a three-course meal and it has to go all out my aunt always makes a a killer tiramisu um but my mom goes and cooks maybe four or five dishes or something like that and it's like the good cutlery comes out and it's an entire evening and if you want to do it the easy way it'll be i think they call them reclet here we call them Mm -hmm. gourmet sets so they're like the the hot um what do you call it? The hot stove on the top. And then you have the little pans and you have to fill them up with, we fill them up with vegetables or eggs and stuff like that. And we prepare and like put it on the table and you just fill your own little pan. And that's what you eat. Always one of the Christmas days, normally not Christmas Eve, but Christmas Eve is usually all out cooking. There's like, we, we, 
we get turkey, we get quail, we get all sorts of things that you can't even think of, lobster or something like that. It needs to be extravagant. It needs to be big. That's basically what they do uh, for Christmas. It's kind of a bit like when I had Christmas in Sweden as well as um, other places in Europe, but it's like the big meal. It's all out. You've probably heard of the smorgasbord, but this is called a Yule board, uh, the Christmas table. And it's like a huge kind of almost buffet with a ton of different dishes with all sorts of things like lutefisk. I don't know if you've had that before. It's like that white gelatinous fish that you put with white gravy and like pepper on it. Uh, And then they have like, of course, the meatballs and the sausage, and they have this kind of potato dish with fish. They've got all sorts of sausages and pate and bread and cheese and bread beet salad. Like it's like a whole mixture of different dishes all down the table. So it's, it's kind of like a smorgasbord at Christmas, but they all have staple ones that they do in each family. And the funny thing there, that tradition there that I got to take part in for a couple of years is everyone in Sweden at a certain time on Christmas Eve, the whole country gathers around the TV to watch um, Kalianka, which is the Swedish name for Donald Duck. So they all get together and watch this. Oh, wow. It's been this way since the fifties. They all, every family gets together and they watch this Disney program for an hour of cartoons <laughs> and they all watch Kalyanka and it's not Christmas until you see the program. And, and then actually uh, sometime after that, like someone in the family will sneak off and get dressed up or a neighbor will come and Santa actually comes to the door dressed up and knocks on the door and brings in presents. Like, and kids are like, whoa, Santa's here, but they all know it's somebody, I think. But yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, the Christmas, the Christmas Disney program is kind of a crack up to me. <laughs> but it's not Christmas without Kalianka, which is really like Carl the Duck, but Donald Duck. <laughs> That's funny. Luke, is there a quintessential kind of ubiquitous Dutch dish that is always part of Christmas? No. No, so it can just be anything, just as long as it's fancy. Yeah, it has to be fancy. It's not like stamp pot. That's no, so the stamp pot and all those things, they're definitely like winter foods. So October starts, that's when we start mashing potatoes and, you know, mixing kale to make boudicol. And then we have big sausages, more like the, uh, what is it, the falukorf kind of uh, sausages? Uh, the big one smoked sausage is what we usually do and then it's like you boil it in like a a, a bag one of those what do you call them sous vide bags mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah you boil the, uh, the sausage and that goes on there and then gravy a ton of gravy and then you just pour that on so the you have burrico which is kill mixed in then we have onions and carrots with mashed potatoes mixed in uh that's my favorite hutzpot you make that with a get big greasy meatball, so Ooh. good. Um, but these are very like the winter foods. They're very hearty foods, but we won't eat that on Christmas because Christmas is like we have to have the entire family together and everyone needs to be there. And on the, it's like, you know, church, like you have to be on your best behavior, your best clothes on, you, you dress up, you get your dress shoes on. There's an exchange of gifts after dinner. Uh, everyone gets something for someone else. And then the top 2000 is playing in the back. And basically that's Christmas Eve for me. Oh, that's fun. But you guys don't have a thing like, you know, in Germany, they have the, the pickle ornament where you hide that on the tree and the kids who find it get a little present. 
Or in Denmark, they have like this rice pudding that they eat in Sweden too. And there's an almond hidden in the bottom of one of the bowls. And whoever gets that one gets like a little gift. Um, funny things like that. Um, we do some of those in our, we do the, the pickle ornament sometimes in our family. And we do stockings the next day, of course. But it's definitely like interesting to see how it can vary country to country. And sometimes we'll do the, uh, the British poppers, you know, those things you pull apart. Mm. at the table at the dinner table and then you get a little paper crown and a little toy or something in there um my mom spent a little time in england as a kid and then she also was born and lived in in africa in ghana as a kid and there was a lot of the british times there so some of those came over and actually our meal is kind of not the norm for america or anywhere really it's kind of our own family thing what we do on christmas eve i don't know jp if you want to go into that tell them what we do oh well we do christmas curry um Christmas curry. I mean, if anyone wants to really mix up their Christmas Eve dinner, do a Christmas curry. I mean, it is, here's the thing. If you want a sensory overload that screams Christmas, you At need to, to walk us. into a house. <laughs> if I, I want to smell some pine tree on Christmas Eve, I want to hear smell a tree and I want to smell curry. You walk in that house and it should be overwhelming this smell of curry. And it is a West African curry. Uh, originates in Ghana. So it's odd as all get out. I mean, it seems the weirdest thing to ever have, but it is the perfect winter meal. And I mean, I could talk about this curry for, we could have a podcast for three hours about how to make this curry, but it's essentially, it is a, and it takes an entire day to make. Uh, we, we're getting better at it each year, kind of cheating and figuring out faster ways to do it. Uh, you know, thank you, Costco, for pre-cut tomatoes, pre-cut onions and all of those things. Um, <laughs> but it is essentially a chicken curry uh, with apples and carrots cooked down into this uh, like a pretty soup thick kind of soupy curry. And, and I'm not talking like you put a sprinkle of curry in it. It is a... Punjabi and Sons, Sun brand curry. It's the only kind you can use. If I taste any other type of curry for this, uh, it's not real curry. And we do this by the tin load. We'll probably put anywhere from six to seven tins in this pot. Like and you can never just make one pot. We have a small year with no one coming over. It still ends up being two giant pots. One a little hotter, a little one a little less, a little less cayenne, a little less chili in one. But So basically you get the rice in your bowl. And then we have all these toppings, like you have fried bananas, fresh bananas, mango, papaya, pineapple, roasted coconut, roasted peanuts, tomatoes, fried onions, fresh onions, lime, limes to squeeze over it, like all this stuff. Wow. And then you pour the broth over it with the chicken. And then there's the like the cherry on top is we have floating in the soup is we have hard boiled eggs. And so you get one of those on top. And that's your meal. And it's like, and it is the that's most Christmas savory, to us. warm, heat your gut, but mixed with this weird sweet and savory. Cause you've got all of the peanuts and tomatoes and uh, fruit and yeah. onions mixed with mangoes and papaya and fried bananas, you know, breaded fried bananas that go on top. And it is the weirdest conglomeration of flavors. It's just this explosion, which is, you know, as a child for years and years, I couldn't mix the, the sweet and the savory. I'm like, I, it's got to be one or the other. It seems too, too weird to put like sweet fruit with it. But I mean, <laughs> I we'll know. post the link. Uh, I, I think we've got a recipe for this somewhere, but um, it's just a bizarre tradition for us. But, you know, I, we, my wife got a call from someone today. She was talking to you guys still doing the curry. Don't forget about us. Friends <laughs> drop by. It becomes their tradition and they crave a Christmas curry. So it's always been a, 
hey, our doors are open. Anyone is welcome. And the more the merrier. And uh, it kind of gets in your blood once you have the Christmas curry, you want it again and again. So yeah, and our uh, extended family on my mother's side, they all do it. So um, not so much our family in Germany, they don't. But uh, <laughs> the ones in my mom's side that had the African experience, uh, that's kind of where it stemmed from. So all our extended family do this as well. So well, most of them. Um, interesting. So yeah, yeah, it's that's a, the interesting about America is there's no one set way to celebrate any of these holidays. Everyone kind of pulls from the various backgrounds from where they're from or their experiences and creates their own traditions, which is pretty awesome that you can just kind of like, you know, and then each generation things change because people pulling in from both sides of the family um, and kind of create your own traditions going forward. But yeah, that's ours. You know, it definitely doesn't feel like Christmas unless I smell that furry going on with the music box music going. (laughs) It does make me think though. It makes me think about uh, uh, whenever we go ice skating in Holland, it used to get cold enough that the lakes would freeze over. You would go ice skating. And my favorite food from that time, winter food, which is also around Christmas time, uh, is when you go ice skating, you can get uh, pea soup. Ooh, yeah. And like a pea soup with like a, a good chunk of like meat in there. And then the smoked sausage goes in there and like mixes up into this thick, thick soup. And then they eat it with, it's not rye bread, but I think you guys know more um, the German black bread almost. Yeah, like What's a pumpernickel kind of. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel, exactly. yep. yeah. Oh, yum. Pumpernickel with, uh, I think they usually do like a katerspeck. So they do um, bacon on it, but uncooked. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> so oh, I'd eat that. That sounds good. <laughs> That's I like that's like such a tradition. Whenever you go ice skating, there's like little um, stalls along. If you're going on a lake or a river, they'll have stalls along the way that sell that. And you can just stop after like ice skating for like four hours and just have yourself a bowl of pea soup with some uh, rye bread. It's Something cool. to warm you up cool. and a warm cup to hold, you know? Oh, yeah. Kind of like the hot chocolate here, you know? <laughs> Everyone wants to hold the hot chocolate cup. that's perfect oh that sounds good i love good uh, pea soup i think i think you'll have to make that for us luke sometime so okay okay i'll (laughs) i'll get the recipe mom has it it was my favorite meal growing up every year with my birthday i would order that Ooh, that sounds so good and we had a very weird tradition when it came to that nobody does this and it's funny because it links into your sweet and savory sort of thing uh i would have pea soup and after that, I'll have pancakes. Interesting. That's that's so funny because that's like Sweden. They do. They have a whole holiday where they just like a pea soup day with waffles. Wow. <laughs> Which I don't remember what day it was or why, but they have like, but they do pea soup and they put they squeeze like mustard in it, like a hot tangy mustard into the pea soup, and then they have waffles on the side. So oh, that's cool. That that's goes with your pancakes. <laughs> yeah, and and the pancakes would have like uh, we would have all the toppings out. You could get Nutella on them. Uh, strawberry jam, maybe some powdered sugar, some brown sugar, and then we don't have maple syrup, but we do have our own. It's a thicker form of maple like syrup. Like the golden syrup? Golden syrup? Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's that's good stuff. I had that in Sweden. So um, after like the, the pea soup and after that, you're like, okay, I'm going to go lay down now. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. This year, Christmas morning, I've been asked to make my uh, Swedish pancakes. So they're kind of like those thinner crepe style so we'll be doing that 
that's always good you can't go wrong the nutella and the oh oh it's so good well well, i think it's so cool though like kind of you mentioned though that in the states like i kind of feel like i don't know much what other people do in the states because our traditions are very much germanic and that's just where we come from uh and that those are our traditions but you know when i see other friends and the way that he's so foreign to me that they're just completely different they're just the u.s is such a a dispersed you know people came from so many come from so many places that there's so many different traditions that everyone used and i love that you can kind of just grab what you like and think you say oh that looks fun that looks interesting and just start something new like one thing that has been new to us um is our new year's eve feast which uh we don't do all all the time because uh we might be with different family um but generally uh, one that we love to do and this has kind of been a tradition born of gathering of friends you know once uh all of us started getting married uh we would go on a vacation uh it's typically a friend had a vacation home we'd all gather at um and over the years you know then it kind of stopped as everyone started getting too many kids and it just became kind of a too big of a deal but really the tradition kind of started there was a low country boil uh or kind of the equivalent of a new england clam bake and that's the new year's eve feast and that's what i love to have and it's such a fun one because you know i don't have any southern roots nothing like that but it just seems like a fun thing to do and you know it's that big pot of corn and potatoes and shrimp you can put in lobster you can put in clams you know sausage uh, full sausage a nice spicy sausage boil that thing up, you know, then pull that out. And then what you do, once you strain it all, you know, it's a fun party food. We just put newspapers all down the table and then we just dump the pot out across the big table and everyone just gathers around. We've got great tunes going on. And while we're waiting for the countdown for New Year's Eve, the kids and everybody's just gathered around eating this low country boil. And that's so much fun just to be able to find something and pick and choose and go, hey, that looks good. That's something we want to do. And just, you know, it's a new tradition because Growing up, we didn't really have much of a New Year's Eve tradition, no traditional meal or anything like that, other than maybe hanging around, listening to Dick Clark, you know, banging on a pan once we hit midnight, you know, kind of thing, (laughs) Uh, you know, Uh, but, you know, it's it's so fun to be able to take these traditions and it all ties in with uh, the food we eat, the people we're around and the music we listen to. I love how it all just kind of wraps together. Luke, what do you guys typically do for New Year's? <laughs> I just posted uh, in the chat a link to a YouTube video of what the Netherlands does with New Year's. <laughs> so traditionally, we've done a ton of fireworks, a ton of fireworks. And you can buy them in the weirdest of places, mostly like bicycle stores, uh, hardware stores. But not so much like grocery stores or anything like that. And they get a permission to sell it about 10 days out of the year. And everyone buys in big, big. And when I say big, last year was like $3 billion being spent. Over 17 million people, just, you know, the population of Los Angeles, spending $3 billion on fireworks it's like your fourth of july (laughs) well this looks worse i'm watching this video it looks like a war zone (laughs) it is because kids they kids do this 12 year olds do this and these are the most insane people there are because they don't care about fireworks being pretty they care about fireworks going bang (laughs) 
Sweden does a similar thing, but maybe not to this extent. <laughs> this is wild, you know. <laughs> this is wild. That's why I posted it because you need to understand what goes on yeah. at New Year's. Go <laughs> ahead and search show. on YouTube. Uh, how to survive Dutch fireworks? There's oh my a whole goodness! Video on <laughs> and they, I showed they 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 showed a quick glimpse of the Oli Ball, which you talked about last a couple episodes on the street food. But then it's all been about explosions after that. <laughs> <laughs> so at twelve o'clock, everyone gets outside. They all have their own like fire pit going in front of their house, and they just drop fireworks in there, and it's like the the arrows are shooting up and everyone's doing it in the neighborhood. So the entire neighborhood is going insane. It's just fireworks everywhere. Fireworks galore. And it's just the entire day from 11 o'clock in the morning, kids go out with a bag full of like 600 bucks worth of fireworks, like little bangers and stuff like that. And they just walk around all day outside blowing these things up. And <laughs> while they're doing it, they might blow up some trash cans. They might blow up some bus stops. They might blow up, might be a muffler. Kids will be kids, I guess. Happens. It's crazy this I'm watching this. Every year this happens. Looks like a like a insane. like total chaos. <laughs> and yeah, there's, there's a whole story. section in this video showing pets, cowering pets and animals the... cowering in fear. Oh, I can imagine. Oh my goodness. There's well, no you definitely... better way to explain it than with this video. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's hilarious. That's so like yeah, every that... like like every 15-year-old's like dream, you know. <laughs> yeah, I did it once. There's kids that do it every year. They save up the rest of the year so they can buy their fireworks and they go out and they have their backpacks stuffed to the T. It's oh that's it's wild. Crazy. It is crazy. It's insane. And my parents always told me, just don't, don't do it. Just don't go outside because there's people like, you know, they go to Belgium and they get illegal fireworks and stuff like that in the mix as well. And then it's like nitrates and they're like half bombs and stuff. And like That's so funny almost. you say that because we grew up with that same phrase. People would in Utah would drive to Wyoming to buy illegal fireworks. <laughs> the M80s and the different like yep. things, you know, bottle rockets and things that didn't allow in Utah growing up. That's so it funny. Was, hey, I heard you're going to Evanston. Can I give you 70 bucks for you to pick me up some stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Get the good stuff, you know, it's crazy. Um, hey, question for you. Um, do you guys have a most memorable New Year's Eve location that you've ever been? Ooh, Ooh interesting. I've been to a, quite a few memorable New Year's Eves. I would have to pick. Anything exotic or somewhere cool? Not so much exotic. But when I ask my wife, she's like, New Year's in Amsterdam. We, we stayed at Friends. And we just stayed inside, listened to some tunes and, uh, you know, had some good food. And then we came out at 12 o'clock and she's like, this is the best fireworks show I've ever seen. Just the entire skyline of Amsterdam is just filled with fireworks the entire time for like two, three hours or something. So that, oh, that was that was topping hers. Uh, but we traditionally would go to a club when you're like 18, 19, but there would be like big festivals and like big DJs and stuff like that. Like I've been in a old uh, silo, um, gas silo, no, uh, yeah, gas silo that they have in Amsterdam. And uh, they, it was 
it went out of operations like 80 years ago or something like that. And now they start, turn it into an event space. So they have like the, the atmosphere is there for uh, techno music and stuff like that, where it's just crazy, like the lights and everything. And then the industrial location just adds into it. So that's and we're that's just partying in the new year, partying into the new year until like seven o'clock in the morning or something. But yeah, that, that kind of like is what, what's the tradition. The thing for me with New Year's is so the olibolan, which is like fried dough balls, uh, filled with raisins is our favorite is is my favorite. You've got the plain ones or filled with raisins, and then champagne uh, at midnight, and then I think that's that's like the thing. It's not so much the meal; it's just the olibol with the the glass of champagne, and then. Walking outside, seeing the fireworks, and saying hello to everyone in the neighborhood. Basically, that's what happens every single time. You just go outside, and because you're outside and you see everyone's outside, you just have a chat. You wish everyone a happy new year, and after that, you go you go back in. You watch some more ABBA songs, and <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favorite was the. Um... I did get to go one year, which I would recommend everyone to do at least once is go to Sydney to the Harbour Bridge fireworks for New Year's in Australia, because they're always the first, right? And they kick it off around the world and the iconic bridge over the harbor and all it's quite the show, the fireworks. And they have all the boats out in the harbor, all the people watching and the whole area around there, around the, the keys there is all packed with people and good food and hanging out. And it's a good vibe, you know, and everyone's hanging out and then the, the fireworks show starts and you got the opera house across the way and it's just, oh, it's cool. You got to do it at least once. That was one of my most memorable, I'd have to say. So cool. So much fun. What about you, JP? Mine are much more prosaic. Nothing real exciting. Honestly, it's usually just, you know, I'm making myself feel old here. You know, I mean, I can't <laughs> even remember the clubbing days, you know, uh, I know it happened, but, but it's generally, um, Maybe on vacation, it uh, typically somewhere warmer, but usually with friends. So not so much a family holiday. We might be still where, you know, if we go to my wife's family, we might still be with them. But generally it's more now at this point about the kids having a great meal. Um, nothing's too spectacular, but just uh, being surrounded by friends. That's where I think the the Christmas is more focused on family. New Year's Eve, uh, friends uh, open yes. up that circle a little bit more have more people over um, outside of the immediate family. Um, but yeah, nothing super spectacular, you know, just usually I, I'm down after the holidays. Once we hit new year's for a little more low key, just chill, hang yeah. out, ha- have a good time, watch That's some movies, good. eat some food. And, and I think, like you said, I think then we turn on YouTube and we start watching the countdowns and we watch, everywhere that's had it prior so we watch the sydney bridge you know you watch all that um have that on in the background while we're uh eating the meal so yeah see the times square awesome. fall drop in yep. times square that'd be fun to do times square once but i heard it's like hours in line you have to get there early and wait and stand in the cold oh, and it and always looks so cold it always looks oh, freezing looks- in new york city in times square but it, i think yeah. it'd be fun to do at least once i would like to at least one time but with a ball drop, but yeah, that's like the big, big American, like iconic spot, you know, um, or the fireworks around, they do that here as well in the Bay area. The fireworks here are usually foggy. And so you see like a blur of, at least on 4th of July, half the time you see like well lit up clouds, <laughs> but yeah, no fireworks are always a good time. That's for sure. Ring in the new year. And I, I think by rule, they should, 
we should just all be off work for like two weeks from like mid-December to New there's, Year's. There's no use. There's no use. <laughs> like seriously, from the what is it like December fifteenth or something? Nobody's really doing things. No, even you if know? they're at work, their their mind is like ready to just get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I lived yeah. in Romania, oh my goodness, like the first of December through the New Year, no one does anything. Like, I don't know how that the country functions. It just grinds to a halt. It's all about family and Christmas. You know, if you're trying to get business done or whatever, it's no, nope, we're with family. No, don't mm-hmm. even bother. We're not going to pick up the phone. We're not going to answer the door. Um, it's all about family and that holiday. And it is, um, yeah, it's really interesting how, I mean, yes, I would love it. Luckily this year, I've got some decent amount of time off coming up. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely for sure this Christmas. I oh, love yeah. it. Well, well this will probably be the last one we get out uh, to you guys this year. Um, we've got some vacations in the works. And no, I think this will be the last one. And then uh, then get ready for a new year of new podcasts. Yeah. We just want to wish you all a great holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Happy New Year. Great time with friends and family. But we appreciate you listening. Uh, and hey, go ahead and leave us some messages. What are your holiday traditions? What do you like to do? Get on Instagram. Let us know. What do you do with your family? Uh, send us some pictures. You know, we'll, we'll go ahead and post some. Show us your meal. Show us what you like to do. We always love to hear the feedback and see uh, what the listeners are up to. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, SBCK Podcast. Once again, thanks again for joining us. It's been a pleasure this year and it's been a lot of fun. And we wish you guys the very best of holidays and a wonderful new year. We will be back in 2023. It's here. It's that wow, time. That sounds crazy. 2023. Yeah, I got that right. I had to think. I'm like, what year is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's 2022. So 2023 is right around the corner and we will be joining you then shortly. So, so anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this year, the final podcast. See you again next year. And once again, I'm JP. I'm Jonathan. At the same time. Hey, hey, once again, again, (laughs) I'm JP. Thanks for joining. Uh, Signing off as well for. And I'm Jonathan. (laughs) No, this is terrible. (laughs) And this just has to be in the B-roll. We'll just have to keep playing this. So, hey, on behalf of all of us, JP, Luke, and Jonathan, we wish you a very, very... holiday season and new year we're not even going to try that again so <laughs> oh my god peace <laughs> out have a wonderful happy year happy new year we'll all see you on the flip side <laughs> have a great one peace out <laughs>